0: All right, Romans in chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Now, listen, I have no doubt that most of y'all in here, maybe all of you, are well grounded on the idea that salvation is by grace. You know it's not by the law and so forth. But when you teach in the Bible, I have to teach it as though you don't know anything because I have to cover it all over again because there might be one person who doesn't understand and know what you know. And also, sometimes it's a refresher course. But I also want you to see the foundation for why you believe that salvation is by grace and grace alone. So you need to understand what justification is and uh, why it's not by the law and why it has to be by grace and why it has to be by faith so that um, you rightly understand it. Because as you live your Christian life and you talk to people, they're always going to be asking you questions. And the more answers that you have, the more people you can influence, and therefore it's uh, to your advantage to learn as much as you possibly can from the Word of God. So we're in the fourth chapter. And as you'll notice that uh, sometimes my notes will uh, go a little bit here, and then I'll be over there, and then back to here. It doesn't matter. Uh, It's like listening to Dr. A. Ray Stanford. The older Dr. Stanford got, the more rabbit trails he chased. And uh, But every trail was a good trail. It didn't matter where he went, it was good. Uh, he just had trouble knowing when to quit, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, when, when you're enjoying it and uh, you just hate to stop. It's like going fishing and you told your wife you'd be through at three and, uh, well, it's, you know, quarter after four. You just don't want to stop. And so Ray just didn't want to stop because he knew that he didn't have many opportunities left, and so he was going to take advantage of whatever ones he got. I remember I had him up there for his 90th birthday, for his 90th birthday up in Georgia. And I told Ray, I said, now Ray, I said, I want you to have the liberty to speak and say whatever you want to say. I said, but we're on a time schedule. You can't go forever. <laughs> so it was wonderful. Uh, Ray was up there and he was preaching along and doing a good job and he was on this rabbit trail and that rabbit trail, but all the trails were good. And uh, I enjoyed all of them because you know, I've heard him before. And I thought the people need all this. because there's, not everybody lives on the same street. So, you know, you go down this side street because there's somebody who lives down there. And you go down this side, street. somebody lives down there. And, uh, but the time had come when after uh, going over maybe about an hour, I uh, realized that I got to do something. So I walked up to Ray and I put my hand on his shoulder. <laughs> I says, Ray, I said, we're going to have to cut it off. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So after about another 15 minutes, he did. So, um. That's because when you, when you really like something and you're on a good rabbit trail, you just hate to quit. And sometimes whenever I'm teaching the Bible, I, I forget all about the clock. You know, I look back there and it's like, I can't even see a clock. See, so Look back on the wall. It's like, now y'all can look back there and you'll see a clock on the wall. I look back there and I don't even see the clock on the wall. And um, so that way I see, I don't know when to quit. I won't know when to quit. Somebody said, well, you don't know when to start either. Romans in chapter 4. If you look there in your notes, I have a, a little statement right there at the front on the top. This portion of Scripture teaches why justification was not and cannot be by the law. In other words, what it means is why a man cannot save himself, why it's impossible to save himself by his works. And so we have the Scripture given to us, and we start there in verse 13. Why justification was not by the law. And if you look there in verse 13, 14, and 15, these three verses. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, Abraham had already been justified by faith before the law was ever given. So you know that. You're supposed to believe that. And so you never have to worry about that again in your whole life. Because Abraham could not have kept the law to be saved. Why? There was no law. It had not yet been given. So that's why Abraham could not keep the law in order to be justified. There wasn't any law. It had not yet been given. And so there's a reason. So look in verse 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs of justification by faith because God promised Abraham that he would be and also others after him justified by faith now hold your place right here and turn over there to the book of Galatians in chapter 3 Galatians and chapter 3 See all of this boils down to one main thing that God made a promise And if God makes a promise, God keeps his promises. God keeps his word. And that's why you and I can rest in the fact that God promised us eternal life, in which God cannot lie. Uh, We rest in that assurance that God is not going to take it away from us because he said he wouldn't. So here in Galatians in chapter 3, look there in verse 6. It says, Even as Abraham believed God... And it was accounted to him for righteousness or put to his account. Or, as I said last week, it means that it, was, um, it cleared the bank. Have you ever wrote a check and it not cleared the bank? Don't, don't raise your hand. Have you ever received a check that didn't clear the bank? I've, I've had done both. I have thought that I had enough money in the account. Or I was going to get it in there before the check cleared, and it didn't work. And then I had to pay another fee on top of the fee because I, uh, I misjudged. And sometimes you think that you can have it all there and everything's right. And sometimes I've had people give me a check. I've even had people write checks to the church, and I knew that sometimes they didn't have much, but they wrote it anyway. And then it bounced and cost them $35 more and then I felt so sorry for them. Sometimes there's not enough in the account to clear the check. Christ was raised for our justification. In other words, to make sure that the money clears the bank. It's not put to your account till you believe it. It's like he has money in an escrow account, but it's not applied until you believe. And that's why it's so important that His righteousness is not imputed to you or put to your account until you believe that he did it for you. And then it cleared the bank. So here in Galatians, he says in verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, that means in the Old Testament, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, Preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Now, what I want you to see is he preached the gospel unto Abraham foreseeing that in the future, see, that the son would make a payment for the sins. So they were saved by faith because God saw what he was going to do. And there's people who believed what God said concerning the promise. And we are saved because of a promise that God made as we look back to the fulfillment of the promise. So they look forward to the cross, and we look back to the cross, but it's because we both believe the promise that a payment would be made for the sins of the whole world, and that anybody and everybody could be justified by faith. So God, foreseeing that He would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So to be blessed by God was to have eternal life, to be justified by faith, to be declared righteous. So he says here in verse 9, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham believed what God says, and because of his faith, he was justified. So God used Abraham as a type in which to teach by. So all who believe that way are justified the same way. So all that we have to do is be saved by faith, believing what Abraham believed. So you see, the gospel that was preached in the Old Testament is the same gospel that's preached in the New Testament. It's not a different gospel. It's not a new way of salvation. We're all saved exactly the same way. Now, if you had to be saved by your works, which we have mentioned before when we went through the book of Galatians, look there in verse 10. Where he says, for as many as are of the works of the law, he says, are under the blessing or curse. In other words, anyone who is trying to save themselves by their works are under a curse. They can't be blessed. It means they can't have eternal life. They can never be justified by their works. They're under a curse. So that means all the people in all the churches and all the preachers that tell people that they have to be good to go to heaven are preaching an accursed message. And the people that believe the message are still under a curse. They're not going to go to heaven. They do not have eternal life. They don't pass, go and collect $200. But he said, now get this. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. In other words, if a man is saved by his works, he has to continue All the time and everything from the beginning of his life to the end of his life without fail. That means that God would have had to say that you're justified by the law. But there's no law given which could have given life. Look there in verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. See, God made a promise. And then look in verse 21 is the law then against the promise of God. How did God promise to save by faith? Well, why did he give the law so that you and I would know that we're trespassers and we cannot save ourselves by our works? God never gave the law to save a man, but to reveal to the man that he can't save himself by his works. When you see that it's clear as a bell. If you don't see that, you'll always have in the back of your mind, well, you got to do something. Well, you got to do something. You can't be just, it can't be just that easy. Because, you see, it's hard for people to believe that salvation is by grace and grace alone. And so he says in the last part of verse 21, God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, well, then verily righteousness should have been by the law. So it is talking about righteousness. How is a man to be made righteous? If he could earn it by the law, then that's the way it should be. So then we know that the promise is dealing with a man being made righteous. A man being justified, just as if he had never sinned. Look there in verse 11 of uh, chapter 3 of Galatians. He says, but that no man, no man is justified by the law or by his works. It is evident. In the sight of God, the just shall live by faith. And the law is not a faith. You see, it's not just what you believe concerning the law. The law means you must do. When we talk about salvation of, from Christ, it's not what we have to do. It's done. It is a done deal. He's already paid for all of our sins, and all that we have to do, the only thing we can do, is accept what has already been done for us. When Christ made this statement on the cross, it is finished. How are you going to add to something that's finished? It's already finished. When it deals with my sins, he hath, in according to Hebrews in chapter 1 and verse 3, he hath by himself purged our sins. He's already done that. He's already made a payment. So that sin question is taken care of. So that's why when I talk to people, I only reveal to them that they're sinners. I don't try to get them to stop anything because Christ has already dealt with the sin issue. All they need to do is accept that payment Christ made. See, there's so many preachers trying to get everybody to live right that they go to hell. And they think they have to perform in order for God to. To save them like I've got to earn the right to be saved by grace Now can't you see a contradiction there? Like I'm not worthy to be saved by grace. God can't save me the way I am I've got to stop all my bad stuff and promise that I'm gonna live right and then I'll be saved It's just like you hear the phrase many times mentioned I Gave my life to Christ You ever heard that statement? I gave my life to Christ. How do you know you're saved? I gave my life to Christ. Okay. So if God saved you because you gave your life to Christ, when you take your life back, did you lose your salvation? And that's where most of them get it. You see, your life is that period of time that you're going to live upon the earth. I gave my life to Christ. So when I find out that, okay, he doesn't really have my life. I want to live my life the way I want to live my life. I changed my mind. Therefore, how can God still save me when I want to live for myself so I'm not saved anymore? So they doubt their salvation. You see, salvation has nothing to do with what you give to God. It's receiving from God. Salvation is a gift you received. It's not anything you do. And if people could only see that, it would be tremendous. Under the law, do. Under grace, done. And you simply accept the payment that he made on the cross for you. Anyway, it's uh, all because of a promise uh, that God had made. Uh, look there at number one in your notes. God promised Abraham that he would be the heir of the world, was through the righteousness of faith 430 years before the law was given. And there's uh, the scripture references for that. Uh, The next statement if justification was by the law, if it was, faith is made void. In other words, you don't need faith. You just got to perform, just do it. And God will save you if you perform. Okay, well, how has everybody done? And God said, in 1,500 years, nobody ever kept the law. Because you see, you have to keep it perfectly, you can't fail. You can't have one sin against you. So that's why nobody can save themselves. Where is this verse found? For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans 3 3 and verse 20. And uh, you read verse 19 and 20 together. And it's two verses that are really tremendous in showing you. The transgression is against the law. And the law reveals... That's why Paul made the statement in Romans chapter 7, uh, when the law revived, a sin revived, I died. When I saw the law, I saw my sin. And that's why you might think you're doing pretty good. Just look at God's standard of righteousness. How are you doing compared to that? And none of us can compare. None of us are clear. We've all sinned and we're all guilty. And this is why God Says it. It's got to be by faith and faith alone. Look at number two. Promise made of none effect. In other words, a promise that God said that He would save a man by faith. Well, then that won't count either. So the promise of God would have been annulled. And the next statement: It would benefit only the Jew because they're the only one that received the law. If you had to be saved by your works, and you had to know the law in order to know what works, would Jews? Received the law, and the Gentiles didn't. So only Jews could be going to heaven, because they would have been the only ones who had the the knowledge of what the law was. Well, that would have messed us up too, wouldn't it? But look at letter C. So he says it's by grace and grace alone, so that everybody in the whole world can have it. So in letter uh, C, the law worketh wrath. In other words, there is a penalty a death penalty upon all who do not keep it perfectly, therefore condemning all and saving none. The law condemned all, but saved none. There's nobody that's ever been saved by keeping the law. Jesus Christ was not saved because he kept the law. He was never condemned, so he never needed to be saved. He had to break the law in order to keep the law to be saved. But then that's a... Uh, What we call an oxymoron, it can't happen. Look at number two. Why justification is by faith. Look in verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. Is that how simple the word of God is? Look at it, it's right there. And to the end, for this assurance, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law. But to that which also is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Jews and Gentiles. It's the same for everybody. So verse 16 is a tremendous verse. And look in verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed. Even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. In other words, God can see into the future and... uh, Declare that this is what's going to take place before it ever happens because God's foreknowledge And God can save a man in the Old Testament Because God knew what his son was going to do on the cross is to pay for the sins But it's kind of like uh, they went to a place called paradise uh, On credit years ago. A lot of women used to Well, I guess you call it uh, put things on layaway Anybody here ever put things on layaway? Any women remember that? Today they don't do that, I don't think, as much, but now you've got to pay up front. They used to put a little bit down to hold it, and then they would pay for it, and hope they can get it done by Christmas time or something like that. They'd put it on layaway. Well, that's because uh, somebody's trusting somebody. God was trusting his son to do what his son would do. Do you realize that if Jesus Christ had not come and paid for our sins, God could not have kept his promise and God wouldn't be God? Isn't that something to think about? Hmm. But anyway, look at verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So it wasn't just to the nation of Israel. It was to them and beyond. To the whole world everybody would be saved by faith and faith alone look there at your notes why justification is by faith number one that that it might be by grace otherwise it can't be free because if it was by your works then it can't be by grace because grace and works are not the same thing that's why when you read the book of romans in chapter 11 and, and um in in verse 6 if it is by grace, then it can be by works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. But if it is by works, it cannot be by grace, otherwise work is no more work. It's either by grace or it's by work, but it can not be both ways. And I think God makes it very clear, like in Titus 3, 5, Therefore, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. So? You ever heard of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? For by grace... Are you saved through faith that not of yourselves? It is the gift of God, not of works, not of works. So if it's not of works, then it's not of works. It must be by grace. There's only two ways to go to heaven, by works or grace. You either earn it or it's free. It can't be both ways. So why is justification by faith? That it may, might be by grace. And look, look at the next one. That it might be sure or eternally secure to all. So in verse 16, it's got to be by grace so that you can know that you have it. Did you know if salvation was by works, you would never be sure you're going? That's why so many people don't have a clue where they're going when they die. I asked a man one day, I said, where are you going to go when you die? He says, to heaven. I said, what about tomorrow? He said, I don't know about tomorrow. I'll have to wait and see tomorrow. (laughs) He thought he was living good enough today. But 10 years down the road, he's not too sure. So he couldn't say for sure, but he, oh, I know I'm going to heaven when I die because he's, he's living right and he's not doing a a bunch of wicked stuff and he hadn't robbed the bank lately or shot anybody, you know, so he knows he's got it made today, but he's trusting in his works because if he believes he can lose it down the road, he's not sure how he's going to perform. So if a man's salvation depends upon his performance and he doesn't know how he's going to perform, then he can't be sure he's going to make it. God says, I want it to where you're sure you're going. Well, the only way it can be sure is that it's free. It's by grace. If it is free, then it can be forever. Don't that make sense? That makes sense. At least it makes sense to me. Look at the next statement. Why justification is by faith? That God might fulfill his promise made to Abraham. And what was the promise? That God would justify the heathen by faith, not by his works. So if God's going to do it that way, he can't do it the other way. God can't do it both ways. Look at the next statement. Number three, why justification was by faith. Why justification was by faith. God chose a man and a woman who were already past the age of bearing children. Physically speaking, their bodies were old, and they could not have children. So it was to demonstrate the impossibility of the flesh producing this child, Isaac. God says, I want a miracle child. I want a child by faith. In other words, Isaac is a type of the new birth. And the new birth is because God worked the miracle. And therefore, it wasn't because Adam, I mean, Adam, uh, Abraham and Sarah, it's not because they physically had the ability to perform. Their inability to produce a child was the same as a man trying to keep the law to be saved. They were both impossible. So God had to work the miracle. And so Abraham believed God and believed he was going to have a child because God said so, and it was by faith what he believed. So God performed a miracle. And number three there, why justification was by faith. Abraham was not weak in faith. He was weak in flesh. The flesh could not perform, but he could believe that God can do it, because he couldn't. Number one, considered not his own body now dead, considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb, staggered not through unbelief. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and fully persuaded. Now, number two, there is a good statement on what faith is. Look there in your Bible. See there in verse 20? He said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, believing that God was able to do what God said he would do. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, so this all deals with a promise, believing the promise of God. He was able also to perform. So this is why God is able to perform the new birth. You and I are not able to perform the new birth. You and I are not able to perform and keep the law. That's why we need to be saved by faith and faith alone. Now, this is a good definition of what faith is. Believing that what God said, God will do. That's taking God at His Word. So when we try to get individuals to trust Christ as your Savior, why are we trying to do that? Because we believe that if they do trust the Lord, God will keep His promise and save them. So because I believe the promise of God, I declare even in my own mind, I am saved. But my declaration is made upon His declaration, and mine is not secure unless His word is secure. My confidence is based upon His word. And because I believe His word, I can declare, I am saved. I am a Christian. I am going to heaven when I die. I have eternal life. Well, how do I know all that? Because I believe what God said. Look at the last statement. Why, justification shall be by faith. Righteousness was not imputed unto Abraham for his sake alone. Righteousness shall be imputed for unto us also if we believe. In other words, it wasn't that this was how God was going to save Abraham and save everybody else a different way. No. We're all saved the same way. And just like God's righteousness was put to Abraham's account, God says there in verse 23, look at verse 23. See, verse 22, it says, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God's righteousness put to his account. In verse 23, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him or put to his account. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed. And here's the key thing. If we keep the law. No, if we believe. On him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So do you, are you supposed to believe that God raised up Jesus from the dead? Then it, the resurrection must be part of the gospel, the good news. And so therefore it was imputed when you believe. That's why we try to get individuals, will you right now, will you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? And if they trust Christ as their Savior right now, when would they be justified? Ten years from now when they prove it. No, that's what some people believe. They believe that trusting Christ is simply giving you uh, the indwelling Holy Spirit to help you live good enough to make it. No. When I trust Him as my Savior, I am trusting in the finished work of Christ for my salvation. So I believe that when I trust Christ as my Savior, I am at that moment justified, declared righteous, and I'm going to heaven whenever I die and I can state that I can claim that And I would be calling god a liar if I couldn't say that If I would say yes, I believe that he did all that for me and i'm trusting him as my savior Well, where are you going to die? Well, I don't know Well, do you have eternal life? Well, I don't know Like I mentioned the one guy <laughs> I said, are you married? He said, yes, I am. I said do you have a wife. He said, well, I don't know who in the world wants to be married? Have a, who, who wants a mother-in-law without a wife? Well, I guess there's another way of looking at that. But look at the last statement down here. Letter C, righteous, or Christ was delivered as the payment for our offenses, for our sins. Christ was raised from the dead to justify those who believe. See, he's the one that puts it to our account. It's put to our account. In other words, it's cleared the bank. When you believe it, today we have it where it's in real time. You can pay a bill online. And when you pay the bill without any money changing anybody's hand, that's just out of your account, into their account. It's all done by numbers, and it's, uh, it's cleared. Well, when you do it by faith, it's cleared. It's already cleared. It's been put into your account. The debt has been wiped away. The very moment you trust Him as your Savior, that's in real time. I mean, now, now. Not tomorrow, now. This very moment. You see, whenever you really understand it, you don't see a problem with trying to get people to trust Christ as their Savior. Now. I told a man one day, he says, well, you give me something to think about. I said, well, do me a favor. I said, if you're not going to trust Christ as your Savior right now, just do me a favor. Don't die. Don't die. He said, well, I can't control that. I said, I know. I said, doesn't it make sense to trust Christ as your Savior right now? Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, right now, this moment.